six types of eggplant parm. Sad, mushy, flavorless, middle-aged malaise, gross, burnt, disgusting veggies on borderline stale bread. Scary to think someone would willingly buy that shit again. Seething enragement for blowing 10 bucks on rancid breadcrumbs. Complete shocked awe at not completely sucking for a change. Full-blown happiness attack because Frank's eggplant parm is the bomb. Your kids don't eat dead animals? Then take them to Frank's for their eggplant parm and let the fussy free attack ensue. Frank for president. Croton Falls Finest has blessed us with an eggplant parm that's the best of the rest. And his pizza pies are phenomenal. Each bite is crackling sweet perfection. Garlic knots will center you again. And your chakras will no longer feel more clogged than your freshman one-hitter. Let blast-off time begin. Tell Frank, too tall Jew sent you. Holla! For the best eggplant parm in Westchester County. And you have Frank to thank for it. Holla! Better than best. Comedy record, 103. Holla! Thank you! Very much! Radio Active Resume Theories. Holla! Better than best. Thank you! Very much! Son says, Daddy, don't leave me for New Jersey, I say. But desperate times call for desperate actions. When you're 46 years old with a marriage to hold together and have three kids to feed after a nine-year vacation from life to work on finding your voice as a stay-at-home Shemail comedian, podcast host, Arthur Blogger, who's been fired more than a Palestinian slingshot. Better than best. Ha! Thank you! Very much! Son says, Why can't you get a job again, moron son? And when can we start selling your comedy records this summer? I get to sell... Flipper Bird Baby and Nakosha Baby. Ha! Because I'm on the cover licking Finn's butt, Daddy. Deal? But seriously, Daddy, <laughs> do you have 10,000 morons stuck in your head, ancient moron? I say, I don't need a resume coach or a climate scientist to tell me why 
my writing career is colder than Harvey Weinstein's casting couch at the Four Seasons. In fact, I'm capable of formulating some radioactive resume theories of my own scientific American. For starters, nine gap years plus no proof of vaccination equals twice fucked at getting a job in Mr. Groper's America Jack. Holla! Misinformation machine. Thank you! Very much! Other culture clash fit theories that come to mind are you're too full of yourself to judge your talent assessment skills objectively. In other words, you're blinded by narcissistic right like the rest. Ha! Righteous maniac lives. A plus narcissist forevermore. Thank you! Very much! Outsiders. Don't see daddy as a real man or as a dependable provider of any kind. Especially when mama's smartphone sends her an alert. Whenever I make another questionable purchase, mommy calls. Hey, babe. So, how was Bride of Chucky? Holla! Better than best. Thank you! Very much! What else makes my resume lack all form of gravitational pull kid? The glaring expanse of gap years on my resume is bigger than when Sandra Bernhardt said cheese on... The Kings of Comedy. Ha! And for Millennial Mouseketeers, not keeping up with my killer flow. That's a Martin Scorsese film. And it was made 40 years ago before De Niro decided to make appearances on The View looking like Betsy Ross falling apart at the seams. Better than best. Ha! Thank you! Very much! Now, understand, new time listeners, <laughs> this is your host checking in on you. <laughs> the host of the Doodle Dad Time podcast. At one point called the Pause Daddy podcast. But Pause Daddy podcast is a mouthful. I don't like it anymore. Pause Daddy Podcast. Total mouthful. Kim Kardashian can't wrap her mouth around it. Kim Kardashian is in the process of uh, studying for her bar exam to, co- to become a social justice lawyer. Social justice lawyers are so hot right now. Better than best. Holla! And... Over the past nine years, I did work at Robert Half for, I would say, a solid 11 uh, before I got fired there. Outshining my boss in the karaoke stage while doing Sweet Child of Mine uh, didn't help my cause. Neither did my aura of entitlement once I got Nick DiPaolo. Interested in reading a pilot that I wrote for him called Mr. Wright after he read my Louie in honor of 
Patrice O'Neal, scariest elephant in the room. And I also worked as a head writer for America's Hard 100. Chris Jericho was the host. And I bought a leather jacket. And my wife said, you haven't bought diapers, yet you blow $700 on a Fasanabli black leather bomber jacket. How did I not know that you were such a full-fledged fagula when we first met, when it took you like a solid 20 minutes to jizz in my love box without a condom on? Holla! Better than best. Thank you! Very much! HR won't even download my resume onto their desktop out of fear of it eroding their belief in the common good. After learning through one of my podcasts how I'm another domestic terrorist dad bombing who dared to protest against the masking of his children. As if they were Michael Jackson's kids on holiday in Bahrain. Holla! The majority of this mask material being showcased on my second common record released in July 4th last year called Bernie Mass Party Record. Red Fox lives. Holla! Better than best. Thank you! Very much! Wendy in HR almost chokes up her Schroenberger from Shake Shack after reading my Desired salary preference of 85k per year when I haven't had any form of steady taxable income to report since hate speech was invented to silence anyone who questioned whether the Russian collusion tale used to spy on the Trump campaign or went for office had less legs than Lieutenant Dan. And what did we learn again from the, the Mueller testimony in front of Congress? We learned, what, that Mr. Get a Haircut and Get a Real Job only parts his hair with good old-fashioned elbow grease? Glad we're clear. Better than best. Holla! Thank you! Very much! Listing! Allah! As a character reference! Only! To accuse a prospective employer of being Islamophobic if they don't respect my religion of peace, knowing my last name is Kornbluth. According to them, it's considered a new low on par with Babyface Omar. Gonna work it out in Minnesota, describing the death of Amy Winehouse. On the anniversary of her death on Twitter. As something happens to a devil horn concealing beehive sporting colonial imperialist Jew bitch who exploited the great Palestinian songbook for all it was worth. Better than best. Holla! Amy Winehouse lives. Thank you very much. It's hard to engage 
in foreplay? With a new lover of me on the open market, Samuel, <laughs> as a stay-at-home dad, when mommy can't even get excited about kinky foreplay of any kind anymore because I'm already choking her too hard financially. Better than best. Ha! Shimmel lives. Thank you! Very much. Talking about yourself in a third person in your resume bio for a copywriter role in South Carolina is crossing the egomania gone wild line even in Kenny Powers' eyes. Ha! All men can't be created equal. Danny McBride. An American treasure. Ha! McBride forevermore. Thank you! Very much! Big Bang Theory! Dude all dead does jokes is no! Leaves of grass! By Walt Whitman! Regardless of it being ultra gay about celebrating my Dude all dead tree trunk! That claims to blow crystal clear streams of beautiful, mind-spewing hilarity come rain or shine. Sinatra lives. Ha! Blowing out this voice. I'd say about 12 minutes in already, but I feel fine. Ha! Better than best. Another Big Bang Theory. Stephen Hawkins' mom and Carl Sagan's mom were atheist cunts too. Ha! Better than best. Thank you! Very much! The universe didn't take a, a collective breath after you posted on your WordPress blog how guaranteed greatness would be your last comedy special record. Giveaway to donate to the deprived, uneducated masses. Moving forward. Holla! <laughs> Better than best. Force feeding. Shtick. On your resume is more off-putting than laughing at your own jokes in person or texting one to an employer with an emoji clown horn that follows. <laughs> you can't win over HR by conserving your best work in the service of making MAGA country laugh over us. So, Samuel, I'll rebrand myself in my mind as a scene-stealing supporting player and aim to win the Sixth Man of the Year award this year, like Anthony Mason did on the next Back in the Day. Before you could get good enough to be deemed trade-worthy bait, only to be voted by your new fans and old as a first-time All-Star the following year, which beats wasting away in some dumpy ad agency in Union, New Jersey. Away from you, kid. Son says, does that mean you're not leaving me for New Jersey? And I say, not unless I'm calling my next comedy record, do it all dead, does Martha dumb truck. Can I get a holla? For some holla. And my son says, Thank you very much Holla! for my beautiful seedlings 
constantly quoting my catchphrases. Holla! Better than best. Thank you! Very much! Swami says this. Hopperama Swami on success. Swami says, be better than best. Or be nobody worth giving a shit about. Better than best. Hopperama Swami on life. Swami says, live life in fear. And you've got less to live for than a monologue joke writer. For Stephen Colbert. It's too bad Bill O'Reilly is no longer important enough to impersonate. At least Bill O'Reilly gave Colbert gravitas. Hapa Rama Swami on, on love. Swami says, loving the one you're with is an overrated experience. Especially when they resent being expected to suck off even an inchling of your existence every other six months ever again. Hapa Rama Swami on creativity. Swami says, if your mom doesn't laugh at your jokes, nobody will. Hapa Rama Swami on attachment. Swami says, don't get too attached to flashes of alleged genius that came out of your creatively jacked dome at will if they're not embraced online or off or don't translate to any fucking money whatsoever this century. Ha! At least over the past six years and counting. God, I know you're on my side. I haven't lost faith. But it's still depressing to contemplate. Holla! Better than best. Thank you! Very much! Hapa Rama Swami on fame. Swami says, Doing everything for fame alone is gayer than Roger Ebert's a gas-fueled review on the Foot Fist Way. Danny McBride's third movie. By the way, Holla! McBride lives. Thank you very much. Hopperama Swami on choice. Swami says, You'll be fucked over by life with your face rubbed in your feces if you allow others to push you in whatever preferred direction they choose. Hopperama Swami on once. Swami says, Stroke yourself if nobody else will do it for you. Hopperama Swami on self-love. Swami says, overpriced IPAs only leave you bloated with self-importance inside. Hopperama Swami on your problems. Swami says, find a new love review and will go away. Hopperama Swami on darkness. Swami says, the extent of your impact on this earth can be writing disposable ad copy for a big pharma pimping marketing firm in San Diego. So stop acting more depressed than your Euro pass being rendered useless once Europe transforms into one seemingly endless no-go zone area without any access to Wi-Fi in your youth hostel after the next man-made plague made in Wuhan is released to finish off our collective pursuit of happiness for good. Hopperama Swami. On unnecessary suffering. Swami says, I didn't tell you to vote for Mr. Groper. And you call the other side mongoloid morons. Douchebags are us. Hopperama Swami on facing fear. Swami says, I triple wrap my super soaker before playing around with Madonna's kick the can clit too. Hopperama Swami on pain management. Swami says, 
Take up blow painting and leave me out of it already. Hopperama, Swami, on bullshit. Swami says, if it sounds like bullshit, it means the person is underselling distressment again. Shakespeare lives. Holla! Better than best. Hopperama Swami on science. Swami says, experimenting on kids with an experimental form of gene therapy that weakens their immune system more than entry into the Dallas Buyers Club makes you culpable of second-degree murder if their heart goes before your mind does when the greatest mass murdering sham throughout the history of mankind is revealed in full-blown, harrowing detail on pay-per-view with Alex Jones hosting to help pay off our national debt to mankind for allowing this never-ending shit show of biblical proportions to ensure to ensue under our alleged all-loving, morally grounded shit don't stink watch. In other words, there are no benefits from taking the COVID-19 vaccine outside of rapidly fleeting airs of invaluable importance because you're dumb enough to trust anything. The FDA says, and dumb enough to trust whatever the icky shuffle administration jams down your throat with such mal-worshipping, misinformation, molesting authority. Better than best. Holla! Alex Jones lives. Thank you very much! Hopperama Swami on hard seltzers that are gluten-free. Swami says, acceptable to drink during your year without beer after 30 days. But only if your brain is absolutely screaming out for some shishi bitch dad lightening relief. Holla! Better than best. Thank you! Very much. Shaggy. Sheep. Test. You're welcome. Better than best. Holla! Robert Hunter lives. Thank you! Very much. Facebook wants to root out all bad actors on its site. Fine. Then Goodwill Hoodie at Facebook, a.k.a. Zitface Zuck should start with forcing deadheads to take lie detector tests to figure out whether they're fake news hippies or not. Better than best. Holla! That being this comedic premise that is bound for glory! Holla! The A-plus comedic train flush with Endless sheets of comedy gold never stops. Holla! Bernie Sanders, good senator or bad? Good. Wrong. Vermont's state motto should be changed from the green state to CBD oil only. Bernie Sanders couldn't even make Vermont great for potheads on vacation. Ithaca College. Good school or bad? Good. Wrong. Ithaca is Cornell's retarded next-door neighbor who's got 10,000 burnouts in its head. Holla! 
I would know from personal experience. But I graduated from the Roy H. Park School of Communication, so at least I could rip some bong hits of strong outdoor weed and manage to avoid stuttering every other two seconds. Better than best. Holla! Grateful Dead Mask. Good or bad? Good. Wrong! Suicide rates among kids post-COVID. Strip your dancing bear mask of all campy appeal. Far from centered yogi. Holla! Better than best. Baby boomer grandparent who went to Woodstock but never bothered to visit the Grand Canyon. After retiring to Scottsdale, Arizona 10 years ago. Good hippie or bad hippie? Good. Wrong. Boomer in this instance is a fake news hippie. Holla! I don't care if you're Bob Dylan radio station on Pandora. Suggest otherwise because baby boomer arrogance never dies. Force vax mandates, good or bad, good, wrong. Then again, you had no problem with the merry pranksters spiking people's drinks with acid without their consent. So, as Hillary Hammertime Kankles would say, what difference does it make? Holla! Better than best. Thank you! Very much. I'm all for abolishing security pat-downs. Especially the Grateful Dead cover band shows. Because stopping frisking a deadhead for drugs is culturally biased against Bernie Bros, who graduated from the University of Vermont, bro. <laughs> Capitol Police guy, the Capitol beater, pats me down before the show and takes out my Ziploc bag with my weed edible gummy in it. And he says, what's this? And I say... Melatonin gummies, in case I want to sleep off a bad trip post-COVID damage done, man. Ha! Security guy says, it's not melatonin. Besides, you don't have to worry about that in New York State anymore. And I fire back with, then why are you giving me a fake news panic attack about it? As if the weed edible I dropped prior didn't already unmask my pothead eyes. Ha! Better than best. Thank you! Very much. I hate deadheads who act like they're on a first-name basis with the band. Jerry shouldn't have kept touring after his coma. Bobby won his battle against his dyslexia through visions of becoming Tom Cruise on the steel guitar during the acid test in Palo Alto. Giving up drinking has done wonders for Phil's complexion. Phil no longer looks like he's been dropped in a vat of acid like the Toxic Avenger. Phil is modeling skin products for Korean Vogue now called Sunshine Booming. Or is the campaign on Instagram called Face Off with Bukowski during his drying out years in San Pedro? I forget, man. Better than best. Holla! Deadhead girls are humorless bores too. A girl taps me on my shoulder from behind. It is more of a friendly grope and says, you're tall. Two seconds later... She's shaking her ass in my general direction, bumps up next to me, and says, you're six feet, four inches tall, right? And I say, correct! It's too bad. Antifa doesn't burn bras, or else I'd have a bird's eye view of your flying 
saucer tits. Soon after, she spun off to a safe space where the deadhead name droppers never stop. So anywhere outside of my standing on the moon plane of existence, really. As I thought two seconds later, I'd rather be at home with my record player and Alexa than with you. First set at the show was more uneven than chief happiness officers at CNN these days. During intermission, I strike up a conversation with a deadhead from Long Island who did so much name dropping, I'm surprised he didn't cite John Mayer's hairstylist which prompted me to bolt soon after, especially after the main floor for the second set got more clogged than my freshman one-hitter. I still can't get enough of social distancing, especially among name-dropping deadheads who hail from Yenta Breath country in Long Island, no less, who act as if their rock concert adventures are the greatest stories ever told, despite them being country musings by... An unfunny-sounding Paul Reiser. What a buzzkill-laden trip this has been. Better than best. Holla! Thank you very much. The flirtation conductor. By forsaking flirting, we're cheating ourselves of a richer life to tap into for more joy-spewing tomorrows. At least that's what I'm teaching my son today as we near close to ending his homeschooling apprenticeship on the importance of flirting power. But what does flirting power, but why does flirting power matter? Because sometimes loving the one you're with isn't enough. Screw Stephen Stills. Loving the one you're with is a whole lot easier in 1970 when you're able to forsake condoms for silky smooth lining instead of plastic covered seats. At the same time, my son is only five and hasn't started kindergarten yet. And I haven't even joked about sending my kid to junior high during the post-Me Too era with a lawyer on his person to hand out pre-poundage consent forms just yet. But I never think it's early enough to get your kids into flirtation meditation. But what is flirtation meditation exactly? And since when is small talk at the bar considered fantasy material to get off your mind Anytime. Similar to Magic Johnson visualizing what no look passes he turned heads with while running the Showtime Lakers at the forum on the fast break, flirtation meditation also helps you get into the mindset of picturing what scoring and bowling means to you that's done with the intent of being the main floor general and driving force of your life instead of remaining a stallless scrub on the bench who just goes through the motions of life like a passive, beaten down dog who only eats. Whatever scraps he's lucky to get thrown, he's perpetually down or way. My biggest regret growing up was letting my father bully me into disinviting my dear friend Coop from attending a Motley Crue concert during the Dr. Feelgood tour because he deemed my new friend Ari as a more deserving choice. I don't remember the reason why Pops pulled an Indian giver move at the last minute, but it might have been because Coop was the fat kid and Ari wasn't. I don't know. All I do know is that I sucked that much more than my dad for not sticking up for my friend Koopy by allowing my dad to bully me into bringing my friend Ari to the continent instead. Another huge regret was letting my father bully me into selling all my basketball rookie cards to use his drinking money in Cancun during spring break my senior year in high school. Without pushing back at forsaking my age of innocence for 
pass out money on the booze cruise soon after. Understand, collecting basketball cards was a major labor of love for me as a kid to the point where I somehow was able to amass enough loose change my father's change dish to afford almost every rookie card of those who played in the original Dream Team, such as Patrick Ewing, Scottie Pippen, Charles Barkley, and John Stockton. But Dad was paying for my trip to Cancun, so how much leverage did I really have at the time? What could I do? Threaten to burn my bar mitzvah photo album if I, if I refuse? <laughs> Still, in retrospect, I'm the one responsible for allowing my dad to push me into selling my basketball cards without ever taking the time to question whether passing out on a booze cruise off the coast of Cancun was more important than my cherished basketball card collection that gave me prideful ownership of my own. So, in life, don't always be so willing to let others map out what moves you should make in your life. Nobody remembers the king who financed the Columbus expedition into uncharted waters, but history sure as shit remembers who the fuck Christopher Columbus was. Christopher Columbus was the original old G New Life commander, and nobody could take that away from me, who gave birth to the rebranded Indigenous Day motherfuckers. So... What does bequeathing any sense of free will over to your dad have to do with flirtation power and being a shallow, spineless friend with zero sense of loyalty who's already moved on to the next best thing have to do with Christopher Columbus discovering the land of Fats Domino, Mickey Mantle, and John Hughes comedy films again? Easy. Christopher Columbus refused to settle for what shit sandwich his superiors insisted he'd be content eating without ever daring to flirt with major changes of his own making to make on his own, his way, all the way. Sinatra lives before he was born. Holla! Better than best. Thank you! Very much. Christopher Columbus flirted with change and made change his booty call, muse, and go-to top bitch to plow for deeper, unforeseen treasures never dreamed imaginable prior. In short, Columbus allowed himself the freedom to dream of a more adventurous, conquest-heavy, freedom-favoring life before taking such courageous, corrective action to live in order to avoid a subservient, gun-shy, die-a-thousand-deaths-before-you-die existence. Loving the one you're with wasn't enough for Columbus, and shouldn't be enough for you either, unless you're the type who actually enjoys going on long walks with your significant other 10 years into your relationship already. Pigpen, the unofficial leader of the Grateful Dead, an honorary member of the Hells Angels during the late 60s, who looked like Captain Morgan and the Sons of Anarchy had a baby, knew a thing or two about the importance of flirtation power. Pigpen was also a powerful harpist, soul-fused keyboardist, and blues rap singer extraordinaire who had a summer fling with the gypsy queen of ramshackle soul, Janis Joplin. It was 1967 at the Winterland Ballroom in San Francisco, a converted ice ring converted into a jam rock palace paradise where Dickie Betts from the Allman Brothers jammed out with Dwayne Allman with ferocious fluidity into uncharted, previously unexplored Horizons as endless ode to spacious, soul-piercing blue skies on the Stratocaster prior filled the air when Jimmy and Santana weren't making endlessly beautifying A-plus atmospheric space-hurling blues rock of their own. Miles, smiles from above. Ha!
better than Bass. Thank you very much. But on this night, Pigpen turned on his love light to the crowd when he encouraged the gun-shy deadhead stoners to snap out of their stoner stuck funk when he bellowed with big man flirtation power. Get your hands out of your pocket, shake your love maker, and find somebody to love so you won't go home again lonely tonight. Love the one you're with, that being yourself for life, by not letting that pretty girl with rings on her fingers and bells on her shoes pass along by without saying more than hi. In other words, get it while you can, you burnout bitches. Janice did. Flirtation power is in your hands, so don't squander it all just to chip face on tour with the band. And that's why Pigpen badgering his fan base into acting like more cocksure conquistadors for a change is the greatest flirting conductor story ever sold. Better than best. Ha! Pigpen lives! Thank you! Very much. Leap for Murray Crocker. Murray Cornbluth lives. Ha! Thank you! Very much. There was only one true friend in my life. Gus. Without Gus in my life, I never would have invented rocket science cake for dad. At least that's what Gus called my foray into sponge cake science during the summer of 69 when NASA put Americans on the moon to work on their short game. I developed rocket fuel for space shuttles earlier in my career after serving time in the war as a medic. Dear Gus, a Holocaust survivor who managed to remain squeal-free after an SS officer stabbed a pitchfork through his leg while hiding out in a farm in Germany, then a haystack also called me the boy who raised himself. Gus would always boast to his friends in the garment district about me going to City College at 16 and how I sang Hebrew more beautifully than our rock star cantor in the Bronx who gave Dion a good run for his money. But mainly Gus called me the boy who raised himself because my father had the misfortune of having no trade to fall back on after immigrating to New York from Germany. Horse collar makers in the Bronx, like my father, weren't putting me through school at MIT or at John Hopkins University, even if the Budweiser horses are appearing more in print ads throughout Esquire these days. Norman Mailer lives. Holla! Better than best. I never contemplated tweaking my wife's sponge cake recipe by using my rocket science background until her last batch drove away all the pigeons my dad used to feed in the park. Dad calls and says, son, I don't know what your wife put in her sponge cake, but all the pigeons I used to feed in the park have gone AWOL since I fed them some leftover crumbs. Granted, your mom can't bake either. Baking is just not in our DNA, your wife included. I know that you have a kid on the way and enough to worry about, Murray. And that was never the provider you and your sister Marion had hoped for. I still thought the candy store was a good idea at the time. Who knew I needed to pay protection money to the Genovese family on a monthly basis versus paying annual synagogue dues if I didn't want my store cleaned out every year on Easter Day. It's just that those pigeons 
kept me company, Murray. They made me feel less miserable than usual until your mom moaned about how all the modern Orthodox women in 1969 aren't interested in upholding the Jewish tradition of sporting the shaved head look post-Holocaust. Enough to buy her wigs anymore. So, without those pigeons in my life, Murray, my life is an endless slug, like a plain Hebrew national dog with no sauerkraut or spicy brown mustard to relish on top. Soon after, dear Gus was over for Shabbat before we went out for Chinese with our wives, our usual routine on a Friday night in the Bronx. And I say, Gus, my dad thinks Ethel's sponge cake scared away all the pigeons he feeds at the park, and he's more miserable the normal without them. I wish I knew how I could help him out. Gus says, why don't you use your chemical engineering background and tweak Ethel's sponge cake recipe? You can call it rocket science cake. Nothing's better than great sponge cake. Tweak the sponge cake science, Murray. Whatever Betty Crocker can do, you can do better. Holla! Fine, I'll tweak the recipe. Who knows? If it's a big hit, maybe my dad can open a bakery business with, with it. Eight million New Yorkers can never get enough of great sponge cake. I tweaked and tweaked and finally made the perfect sponge cake. Man can't live on his wife's sponge cake alone. I think Mominades, Mominodes said that once. <laughs> anyway, Dad never opened a bakery to sell them. Still, the recipe did become a source of urban legend. I never shared the recipe with anyone but my dad, who took it to his grave. On his deathbed at the hospital, he said, Son, I know you wanted to be an architect and design bridges, and I was too much of a useless putz to make enough money to send you to Cornell to study it. But even the Brooklyn Bridge can't compare to the godly grandeur of your rocket science sponge cake. <laughs> Words... Word must have gotten around town because before I knew it, Murray, I was being hailed by all the chess players in the park as the pigeon godfather. God really knew what he was doing when he made you, kid. Nurse, come over here and weep for my Murray Crocker. His sponge cake is so good, Hitler would have called off the Holocaust for it. Better then best. Murray Cornbluth lives. I would have loved to have met you. This one's for you. Ha! Better than best. Thank you! Very much.